Welcome to Finding the Faith with me, your host, Frida Donnelly, where we explore what matters. Whether it's traversing someone's faith journey, diving deeper into doctrine, or simply enjoying Christian fellowship, I aim to focus on the good and the beautiful to provide you with some respite from the world. If you'd like to join us live, check out Finding the Faith on Rumble every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. All the links are in the show notes down below. Please remember to rate and subscribe, and I'll see you on the other side. Hey everybody and welcome to Finding the Faith. Tonight I am so blessed to have with me two of my favorite guys, PJ and Kyle. Hey. How you guys doing? What's going on? Doing good. How you doing? No, I'm doing good. I was waiting for Kyle to say something too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing good though. That's good. So tonight we are going to be talking about a little bit of a different topic. We are going to be talking about the intersection of faith and politics, which thankfully Kyle is very knowledgeable historically. And PJ is, I mean, he's PJ. He's a patriotic military man, a man whose faith I admire. One of the most unhinged people I know. So I figure we're covered on all bases. (laughs) <laughs> if you're going to mix faith and politics, you got to get a little bit unhinged, I think. So, <laughs> absolutely. So, one of my first questions, I'm going to try to alternate here so that you both get, you know, an opportunity, but how do you view the role of Christian beliefs, traditional values, and cultural norms in shaping societal structure and governance? Is this for me first, or you want Kyle to answer this first? <laughs> you can go first. All yeah, right. You're the guest. So, yeah, you can go first. Yeah, can you repeat that one more time? Because I, I want to make sure I heard you exactly right. Or did I? <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. So how do you view the role of Christian beliefs, traditional values, and cultural norms in shaping societal structure and governance? I mean, I think it's what underpins all of this stuff. Like, uh, we were having this conversation, I've had this conversation a whole lot of times where people will say, you know, we don't need Christian values because we're basically good and getting better and things are basically, people are basically decent and we basically agree on, you know, thou shalt not kill and things like that. We don't need the Ten Commandments for it. But people just, they don't understand that we have the foundations in Judeo-Christian values. We have the foundations in the Ten Commandments. We have the foundations in a Christian nation, whatever that might have looked like. If you want to go back and you know say it was Freemasonic free origins or things like that. The point is that the people in the West generally believe in Christian values. And therefore, we generally, whether you're an atheist or a Buddhist or Hindu or whatever, we generally have that underpinning. And the more that we erode that, the more that we're seeing it go away, and it's just very obvious what happens to a nation as it as it arose. In fact, if you think that people are basically good and decent everywhere, you can go to the Middle East and watch where they throw people off of rooftops for for disagreements. You know what I mean? Even things yeah. that I would disagree with. You know, they're throwing people off of rooftops for, you know, being homosexual, right? As a Christian, I believe it's wrong. But also as a Christian, I don't believe that we should throw them off of rooftops. And that's because exactly. my underpinning c- comes, you know, and our cultural underpinnings come from a Christian perspective. So I know a lot of people want to make light of, you know, the Bible, the Ten Commandments, Christian structure and society, but they're all benefiting from it. And they're all just dishonest if they if they don't understand that like the reason our society acts the way it does, the reason we have the decency that we do, the reason that we have whatever wonderful thing that the atheists love to claim about America, they they don't have it without God. They don't have it without a Christian basis. So it is absolutely fundamental to, to where we're at in the West. 
Absolutely. What do you have to add to that, Kyle? I mean, I agree pretty much with everything that PJ had just said. Um, but it, it it's challenging to like really be able to talk a lot about like having Christian values and everything because I mean, I haven't really been a Christian my entire life. I haven't really been religious at all for my entire life. And it just recently started in the last year or so that I really have been trying to get into God, touching, you know, talking to God and to just be more in contact with him and learn more about him. Um, and I do have to say that like society is just crazy. It's just nonsense. And if we had more of those types of values, even just a little bit that I've learned, I feel like the world would just be a better place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, but I think that's the thing that we're all realizing right now is that we've been eroding the foundations for well yeah. over a hundred years at this point. I mean, we can talk about where that comes from or, or what, but like there is a you know, going all the way back to the 1920s, there was atheistic mm -hmm. communism that was creeping its way into the school system, into the churches. There's, there's whole books on this. It's very well documented. Um, there's people that, I'm sorry, I don't want to have to go into the whole like answered Satan's listening. So I'm just going to go off on of my anti-communist <laughs> tirade for a minute here. Um, but no, I mean, that's what it is, right? Is like we've had the, you know, different movements. Yeah. Honestly, atheistic communism was one of the, the biggest and first in the 20th century mm -hmm. to really try to erode that underpinning. And now we're seeing, um, we're seeing a country that doesn't fully understand what it is. I mean, that's what it is, right? Is yeah. We're seeing a country that's like, we want the nice Christian values when they make sense, but we also want to distort the nice Christian values into, you know, some vague notion of niceness. And that vague notion of niceness is let people groom your kids by not uh, hurting the tranny's uh, feelings when they want to read demonic books to your child at school. So we, we just we're a schizophrenic nation right now. But whatever like Christian underpinnings we have are just being like utilized in the worst ways by atheists. And too many Christians are being too weak and just going along without some vague notion of niceness. So it is like I don't because I, I grew up in the church, Kyle. That's mm -hmm. why I'm, this is so interesting to me because you didn't. And like mm -hmm. you're. Like, I can so totally see this, like, well, are we a, a basically Christian nation? Do we have basic Christian underpinnings when this we and do. that's happening? But it's because it's all, like, schizophrenic and confused, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's, like, completely scattered around. And it's yeah. just, like, you know, you see it followed, like, certain things are followed, and certain things it's just, like, what do you, where, what, you know, they're just not being followed. So... Yeah. I also think it kind of bears reason a little bit that there are, you know, on the grand spectrum of sins, I guess, there are some sins that aren't everyday occurrences. Like, right. we can all pretty much agree, you know, not to murder each other within, like, for the most part. When Yeah. <laughs> if, that's if, not, if we're not talking about inside the womb, then we can mostly yeah, agree on it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. When it comes to things that are you'll have many more temptations in life to do with all of the crazy debauchery that's out there. There's a lot more, you know, sex, porn, um, affairs, yeah. like family betrayals, like different things of that nature mm -hmm. that they're against the Bible. They're, you know, not great to do or engage in, but at the same time too, I think because of the frequency of the temptations, you're not like, it's not as far removed. Yeah, can you explain that a little more? Because I think I have some some thoughts on that. I just want to make sure I understand where you're coming at it from. So within the grand kind of scheme of things that occur in your daily life, you'll much like you'll 
You're much like, yeah. So like, are you saying like be, mm-hmm. we're all inundated in a porn culture, right? Like you can't yes. look at a billboard and not see a half naked woman. You can't be at a conservative rally and not see a bunch of. Uh, I mean, what's that calendar that's coming out right now? Like conservative dads, like half naked women for, yeah, yeah, for Christian values on Twitter or something like that. Where I was just like, I didn't really look into it in depth or anything. <laughs> but like, I'm just um, flipping through the calendar just to make sure I knew it was. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just, you know. I just want to see who my birthday month is, guys. I ordered like 30 of them myself, you know? Yeah. No, but like, um, wait, that's what that statement was? Maybe. Um, but like, I just saw a post about this and I was like, this makes no sense at all. Oh, this is what I've been saying for literally years about the conservative movement. And we I'm sure that's what we're going to get into. But like, yeah. it's oh, yeah. driving me absolutely insane that nobody understands what the word is, where the where it comes from, like wh- what the beliefs are. Uh, they're just like, I don't like the left. Therefore, I'm conservative because that's conservative TM now is just like, I don't like Biden today. And then, you know, I like some of his policies and I'll definitely like the the uh, free love movements that came out of the communists from uh, the uh, Frankfurt School Institute and all this stuff. Like, we'll go along with all of the atheistic communist agenda that makes us feel good. But I think I think you're right. Like, people, the, people are all... It, I feel bad for men, for boys yeah. in the society today. Because I know what I had to go through. I know, and again, it's going to be what every else had to go through. You cannot get away from having pornography shoved in your face. It used yeah. to be that if you wanted it, you had to like seek it out and it was not easy, right? And that right. that barrier to entry made you <laughs> less likely to just be a porn addict by the age of 11, right? Which is where we're at now, right? You, you can't get on Instagram as a guy and not have, you know, it shove pornographic images in front of you. It, like it realized you're, yeah. I was reading about That's this and I, I think- Sorry. that's why when i like went to tag you for like the show post i was like wait i can't find him i was like he probably deleted his instagram and i don't blame him one bit because that, it's all right there that is that's part of why i deleted my instagram to be completely honest with you is because i was like well i don't use my personal instagram every time i get on it it's just like i'm inundated with pornography yeah i'm like i don't need this like i just i don't need my personal instagram i use the conspiracy pilled one it for the most part, you know, pushes like other conspiracy related content on me, but having an Instagram where you're like, I'm a male check. Okay. Here's porn. And that's all it does. And in fact, I was reading an article about, um, how, and this is something you just can't control. Like this is the, this is how insane the porn agenda is, is that if your eyes linger on a woman, which sorry, but like all us guys are going to do it. You're scrolling through and just like, it it recognizes your eye movements, your camera on your phone, recognize your eye movements. Like, Oh, he found her attractive. The the pupils dilated completely, you know, involuntary responses. And then it's like, like, we're going to push women. It's like right there. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was saying like, I feel bad for, for boys in the society men that had had to grow up with like just this being shoved down your throat right and so when you're saying like christian values being um eroded christians aren't even fighting back against this one because they're all guilty of it because we're all guilty of it we're afraid to say like hey i'm guilty of lust and you know what i'm not going to excuse it like we it's easier to say i'm i'm a christian man who never had to kill you know never not had to never had an abortion or forced my woman, you know, girlfriend to have an abortion so I can be mad about that. We should be mad about that. Abortion is murder. I get it. It's child sacrifice. But pornography is awful. Like yeah. it erodes your marriages. It erodes your your brain, brain rot. It's not good for you. But because 
we've been inundated inundated with it so much mm-hmm. people are just kind of like well i guess i can excuse that one and it's like the linchpin i think in like toppling the whole well does this really matter does this cultural underpinning matter? should we make porn illegal because now we've got some vague libertarian notions like that's the other thing that's ruining conservatism i'm sorry i'm ranting now but it's like this vague libertarian like <laughs> all things are good you know don't don't tell me what to do i won't tell you what to do thing it's like and then there's like the whole libertarian yeah. argument for that where it's like oh well if we make porn illegal it'll be like back alley abortions and there's going to be so much more sex trafficking do you want to be responsible for all of the sex trafficking and it's like you know as the, someone... all the studies show that that is complete bullshit though it's yeah, it's exactly. it, the more that you're the more porn you watch the more depraved your brain becomes the more likely you are to do worse and worse things to get that high this we know this about the elites right like getting into the conspiracy stuff a little bit we know (laughs) that when you have all the money in the world and all the access to all the women in the world at some point you get bored because it's Mm -hmm. too easy to get women and then you start seeking weirder and grosser and more depraved things you have no moral underpinnings right like people like mark they have no they have no faith they have no faith in god they have no moral underpinnings to say that's bad it's just society says it's bad vaguely and then you're like but i can i i already can go up beyond the law in so many other ways, like the way I do my taxes or the way that I handle my business. So why wouldn't I travel to an island and do depraved things? Because it's that taboo thing that I that I can't get. It's that high that I can't get because I've already, you know, eroded my adrenal uh, glands with, you know, an over over pornification. Um, But no, what I was saying in that is like, no, I'm sorry, it does not work that way. That if you just give people porn that they will like release a steam valve. This is like Freudian disproven freudian nonsense that's not how it works it's it's like an addiction you do you do a little bit of you know cocaine or heroin or whatever and you need more the next day and more the day after that and that is like where we're going but we believe in this for some reason this freudian idea of i just need a a a pressure release valve you know and porn is my pressure release valve. alcohol where like when you show you know when you like let kids have like a little bit inside the house or whatever within like certain like conditional circumstances to like lessen the taboo that's the only thing that really works for right what going back though what were you saying about um there was a thread of thought there that i wanted to go down i'm trying to remember um why do you think um as someone who was a libertarian at one point um you're right the only thing that i still kind of agree with on the libertarian aspect of things is that as big government I, I think there are certain libertarian values I think that are that are good. I think there's like a libertarian conservatism ish mix, right? But like right. this over libertarian anarchism is is like taking it's becoming what people think is conservatism. Yeah, but it's not though. Yeah. Um, because I used to think like a lot of that of like, you know what, I'm just gonna do what I want to do, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it just and then also too with like um my biggest whole thing was like big government and government overreach. That was the biggest sticking point for me as far as like libertarian parties go. Mm-hmm. And um because I don't want them reaching into the free market or reaching into <clears throat> small businesses or anything at all. Yeah. Like it's a free market. We need to have a free market. And if the government keeps reaching their hands into it, it's no longer going to be a free market. I mean, it's barely holding well, on. Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. would argue that it's not right, <laughs> right now. Like, if it is, it's barely there. It's yeah. only there for the healthcare. That's it. Yeah, it's barely, it's barely yeah. a thing. I feel yeah. like that's that's also one of the the issues is that we we don't realize what fight we're in most of the time. 
Um, but you were you were saying, Frida, that um, basically when it comes to, to to things like porn and stuff like that, it's like the oh, temptation man. is there, like so much more to a degree that it's like what our brain jumps to for, like you know, an outlet for, like if we're gonna like do some type of sin that seems like the easiest lowest barrier to entry one rather than like oh okay i have to go and like make this whole murder plan to like murder this guy because it was annoying or whatever well, you yeah know? well I, I also think what consequences seem uh, less worse as well i also think what you were saying earlier too is like well we can't tell people this is bad because that come you know like we can't say this is bad and that is bad but like there is no such thing this is like a, this is one of the lies that i feel like people are falling into there's no such thing that was a law that is not based on morality and we have to have an underpinning of morality. Like this, this is where yeah. I agree with the Christian nationalists, right? Is like we have to, as a society, as a nation, as the West, whatever you want to call it, we have to have an understanding of what our underpinnings are that are going to determine our laws. Because it doesn't matter what country you're in, it doesn't matter if you're in Saudi Arabia and you believe that uh, what that um, what is that Sharia law, Sharia you know, law, is yeah. your thing, right? Like. In 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 the in the Middle East, they are like way more open about Sharia law and mixing of faith and and society, right? And I'm not saying we should do that, but at least we have to understand what our underpinnings are because their underpinnings, Absolutely. Sharia law, are going to determine how they treat women. It's going to determine how they treat uh, everyone and how their laws are are. And it's the same here. We pretend it's not. We pretend that separation of church and state means that we don't have a moral underpinning and an understanding of what's good and what's bad. There, there is no such thing as law without a moral basis. Like we, exactly. you would say, like we generally agree on this, that, and the other. But then again, you can go to the Middle East, and they don't generally agree on those things. And it's the question then is why, and that's a thing that a lot of people don't understand. So to say like we can't generally say that uh, you know um, pornography is bad, and I'm like, well, it's it's a it's trafficking of women. Like we can yeah. generally agree on that until it comes to pornography. Um, because I mean, is there a better? I, I I keep having this argument with libertarians where like sex work is work. I'm like, well, wet work is work too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there, there, it doesn't change the morality of it. Like just because, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Like just because you self prostitute doesn't make it doesn't I make mean, you empowered. You're, you're not a small yeah. business owner because you're renting out your lady business. Yeah, the yeah. mafia say we're a business. That's work, right? That's same, what I'm saying. Like work, like classifying something as work has nothing, no, nothing to say about the morality of it. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's bad for everyone. Yeah. Well, that's the thing we have to understand. Like, that's exactly what I was trying to get to is like, we have to agree what is actually bad for our society. Mm -hmm. Are we making our society better or worse? Is, is the over pornification making worse men? Yes, it is. Yeah. All studies well, show this all, okay. everybody knows this intrinsically, but like, we want to get into like the hard data and science and stuff like that. Yes, we know this is making men worse. Yes, we know this is making women worse. Yes, we know this is destroying lives. We can see how it's destroyed marriages. There's, there's no, you know, if the if, but we don't understand that the family unit is the unit of of our culture, right? Because we've gotten into this like radical individualism, which is this libertarian mm -hmm. problem where it's like everybody's radically individual and it's all about the individual rights instead of like we're a constitutional republic. There are actually units of people that have to come together and agree and be led by something. That's why we have congressmen and senators and representatives and stuff like that. I would argue that if we take it down to its basic units, it's not the individual. I think that the, if we want to have a good society, at least we should have a, a society that's based on the family unit, but we, but we can't say that anymore. You know? I mean, 
it's just like families. I mean, we can all agree that families are what make good people. Yeah. When you have a full family together, you know, two parents, the children, grandparents supporting from both sides, like you mm-hmm. get the whole family together. That's a good family and it produces good people at the end of the day. Like when they turn 18, yeah. 20, 25, whatever, and they're finally going out of college or wherever they went to out of schools. And now they're going out into the world to try and be their own people. Like they are all better people at the end of the day because they have values from, you know, mom and from dad. They got both point of views. They're well-rounded people. They have experiences from the grandparents as well. But in order to say that, you have to make a moral judgment. And that's what everybody's afraid to do. Uh, Meanwhile, the left, who is making us eat our lunch at this point uh, in politics, has no problem making moral judgments. They just have a moral judgment system that is completely opposed to ours. Or or if they pretend that it's Christian, it's a twisting of Christianity. Where It's like, well, Christianity is be vaguely nice. So be vaguely nice to, you know, like the woman who's killing her child. Like, let's like, let, let's make like, let's like that the point of being nice, not to the child itself. Let's not care about life, you know, vaguely nice to the person who's pimping out women because sex work is work. Like we've just shifted Ooh. niceness into like uh, allowing destructive behaviors and destructive sins and just, and then making them into laws. Exactly. And protecting um, them constitutionally and the others. Yeah. In chat, Mila Brawler says, I would say that a lot of that started with the atomization of the household. And then Miss Melody said that they're playing the long game. They've been working hard to destroy the family unit for a long time. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And this, I mean, this is documented, right? You can go yeah. back and read the communist newspapers of the 1920s and see that they had this idea that they used the turtle as their slogan because their whole point was like, we're going to get there eventually. We're just going to erode it over time. Like they've not been fighting for their generation. Like we're constantly like reactionary and fighting for like right now. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, like I don't, you know, I'm going to, I'll be dead before the things I see implemented are implemented. That shows faith, by the way, that shows people who actually yeah. believe in something. Um, yeah, and Christians right. are not acting that way, which is, which is odd. Um, you know what I mean? It's like if, if, if in the most like atheistic sense of the word like once you die like who cares right but yet they seem to care because they are serving and worshiping something yeah for sure now when it comes to all of these things that we are actually trying to conserve what do you i know that i've kind of been having conversations in our communities about this what do you think is so important to conserve in in like today's society in culture and what parts of, you know, government and stuff do you think are really important to conserve? Do you want to go first, Kyle? Yeah, I'll answer this. Hold on, let me see. Which question are we on? Two. He's cheating off my notes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm low-key cheating off my notes, too. <laughs> um, I would say, like, some of the conservative value <clears throat> is definitely family. Like, being able to build families, develop families, and... You know, like, I personally want to buy a huge chunk of land and just start a commune. Right? <laughs> right. As my friend, as our friend Sarah says, she wants to go and do Stardew Valley, but in real life. Which yeah, she's actually like doing, that. and I'm like, low-key jelly right. of her, yeah. but it's also such an amazing blessing that she has those underpinnings and family resources and everything to do that. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with Kyle here. What I was going to say is the family unit has to be the thing that we yeah. are obsessed with cons conserving. I mean, we have to conserve our Christian underpinnings. We have to conserve, you know, like our moral values and our moral guidelines in society, 100%. But I think that starts with the family, right? Like we've yeah. seen what the number, there have been two, uh, three, it's been three full, I don't know. There's there's three things I would say that the communists, the atheistic communists, which is who the enemy is, right? Like, uh I'm trying to think of the name of the book. God and Man at Yale is a book that basically says, you know, you're looking at the Stalinite, Stalinist communists and you're looking at the conservative Christians and they're fighting each other on all these fronts. They're fighting each other on capitalism versus communism. They're fighting each other on, you know, this moral value versus that moral value. And you break it all down. It's just God versus Satan. And he just like, he just like completely removes all the barriers and says like, this is a satanic movement and the Christian conservative right has to understand that like, conserving this thing is conserving our Christian way of, of life and thinking and teaching the Bible and raising up the family. And the, the attack has been very specifically to infiltrate the churches, to infiltrate the schools and to break down the family unit. And they just say it openly so freaking much. In fact, the most recent uh, communist to just like openly say this was black lives matter. They're yeah. like on their website. It was like our whole, our whole point is the destruction of the family unit. You know, our point is the destruction of the of the Christian church. When they targeted the Christian church in the 20s, it was the Methodist church and the Catholic church were the two main targets because they were the biggest, uh, you know, for, for promoting denominations for promoting the family and, and things like that. Right. They they infiltrated those churches. The, the Methodist church, they won like they just they literally won. I grew up in the Methodist church. The church I grew up in left the United Methodist Church, started a new Methodist denomination to basically reject the 80 or 100 year long campaign against the Methodist Church, which ended in female pastors in in uh, rainbow flags, worshiping Ishtar openly on uh, in front of their congregation. Awesome. And this was allowed by the, the heads of the Methodist church. So like they yeah. won 100%. They won that. This harkens back to what um one of my best friends and I were talking about last night when we were talking about when it comes to Christian nationalism, one of the big issues that people have is finding a working, to not, a working definition that works for all of them. And then the second issue is, okay, Christianity has so many different definitions, which branch, which, you know, kind of aspect would that really be because of the fact that she had said, um, I forgot which one of us said it actually, but we were talking about how it depends on the denomination because if, you know, we're doing like Christian nationalism, but sparkle creed edition, who's to say that we're not like already doing a version of that. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of problems with like Christian nationalism TM right now. Um, it's been one of those things where like over the years I was like, Oh, I think I'm a Christian nationalist. And now I'm like, well, I don't think I am. But there's like parts of this that I agree with. And it's such a muddy, yeah. confusing thing where it's like, to, to put it plainly, you've got mm -hmm. the Christian nationalists like TM that's all over Twitter and stuff like that. And their thing is like, uh, man, I don't even know how to describe it. Let, let me put it this way. Mm -hmm. when, when if, if your Christian nationalism depends on a blind faith in a thrice divorced man who sleeps with prostitutes and says, yeah, kill the babies if I win elections, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't vote for Trump if he was the nominee over Biden. Easy choice. Absolutely. But like this blind faith in like, the, the, he's like the Pope of, of, of the Christian nationalists. He's not yeah. even a Christian. Like, can we just be honest about Trump for a second? He's not yeah. a Christian. 
He no. does. I, I don't think he's saved. I I truly don't. Uh, he, I mean, maybe he read maybe he read two thing. Corinthians one time and he like you know got something out of it. But <laughs> I mean, like, when you read McEnany's um autobiography, he like went to church with her a couple times, and that was like a wonderful experience for her. And that's great. And I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But also at the same time, too, like you can't backpedal on abortion that quickly and that rapidly and like all yeah. that stuff and be like, oh, I'm going to do all these things and then not do any of those things. And then do like other things that show that what your messaging is doesn't match with your beliefs. Yeah. Anthony Sater had something interesting really quick. He said over the last 10 years or so, the same thing's been happening in the Catholic Church. Yeah, it has. It, it like really has. And I think a lot of Catholics are, are recognizing um, figure this out before the, the Methodists, you know, figure it out faster than the Methodists did. But mm -hmm. um, where was I going with that? Yeah, like they they were putting they were putting communists into the um, in, into those leadership positions all the way back to the 40s and 50s. So the, the Rainbow Collective is like deeply ingrained in the Catholic Church as well. And I hope that they're able to root it out uh, better than other denominations have been. So praying for them for sure. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, so we were talking about Christian nationalism. It's a touchy thing because it's like, like Frida said, like, what denomination are you going to base the country off of? And the what, other, you know, which one is going to be like your values? Which one are you going to write laws about? Like, you know, having that right. fall, fall back on for the morality of the laws. Um, and it's just, it, it would just be really hard to pick out exactly which one, which one you want. But at the same time, too, you do need <clears throat> morality to fall back on. Absolutely. And See, one we, other thing go ahead. that I've really been struggling with, too, is trying to understand like a working definition of it for myself. That when somebody's like, okay, well, what do you mean by Christian nationalism? I can be like, here's a definition. Because there's so many different ones. And I know that the ones that like men that I highly respect use when they're like, oh, yes, Christian nationalism, like pro that yeah, I, aren't the same ones that like other people <clears throat> use. I'll say this. I feel like we, I feel like Christian nationalism is not the answer in the way that it's being pr presented. Um, what I thought Christian nationalism meant a few years ago, I'm quickly realizing is not what it meant to, to many people. Um, again, blind faith in Trump has become like the, the, the state. And then I don't know, you've got people out there that are using it as like anti-Jewish and anti this and anti that. And, and they want to like really implement it in the worst possible ways. The, <laughs> My conspiracy theory, too, on this is like, mm -hmm. we've seen what the left has done with atheistic communism. Mm -hmm. And then we've seen how they've infiltrated even the right to be like, well, actually, you should believe in this thing. And so years ago, they're saying there's a rise in, in white nationalism. There's a rise in anti-Semitism. There's a rise in uh, all these all these things. And that the QAnon is this and that Trump is this and the Trump crowd is going to be like this. And a lot of us are going like, we voted for Trump for these reasons. This is what we believe in. This is what conservatism means. And no. And then we saw people go, oh, actually, yes. I actually want to to take all the things the left called me and to become that. And we're seeing that that rise up. So like they've been psyoped into like becoming the exact uh, you know, um straw man figure to be knocked down that that that, that the left wanted them to be. So like this is my worry about Christian nationalism, is that they're just part of the same like uh Hegelian dialectic, this problem reaction solution thing. And they're just like falling into it. I've, I've had this argument with people so many times mm -hmm. where it's like the left called me racist. Therefore I will become racist. And it's like, no, no, no. The left called you racist. 
But if you continue to, to believe and show that the things that you are, that is not racist, people will go, oh, well, I guess when left says racism, they don't actually mean anything. And then you win the hearts and minds of people that are like, oh, this is what they told me about you. It's not true. And instead they're saying, this is what they told you about me. I'm going to make sure it's true. It's so yeah. incredibly retarded. This is why, it so really like, the, if you want my working definition, if you want the thing that I think that we should actually be aspiring to, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's conservatism, but I don't think it's conservatism TM of the 2016 Big Tent Trump conservatism. I -hmm. think that if if you if people would go back and read God and Man at Yale by William F. Buckley Jr. and understand that the argument that he lays out in this book and the solutions he lays out in this book and the guidelines he lays out in this book, which was what it is literally what conservatism meant from the 1950s until 2016. Not republicanism, not libertarianism, not Trumpism but actual conservatism, that is actually what we need. But it's, again, it's like one of those nebulous things where it's like, it's a country where you have to have freedom of religion for it to work. But it's also a country that unless it's run by a good and moral people, the things won't work. Like, this is why it's so frustrating to people because they're like, well, I just want to have the iron fist of this thing and I want to make the laws to be what my church says and I want my church to enforce these laws. And our founders seem to understand Look, you ha- you can't do that, actually. It won't work. This is why we left England. We actually need to be able to allow people in, but we have to have an underpinning of this. This country will not work for people who are not moral, good Christian people. And if they're if they're generally moral, good Christian people, and if, as, uh, um, why can't I think of his name? T- uh, Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt said, mm-hmm. you know, like, when people come into America, they have to become Americans. We've abandoned this. Absolutely. So been, you know so- what I'm saying? Like, if you have that, I know it's this, this like ten, tenor, tenorous, sorry, it's this tenuous, like undefinable kind of thing where it's like you're just walking the tightrope. Is the Christian life not walking the tightrope? You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. there's yeah. there's not there's not an actual on paper, like hard fisted, like nationalistic solution. There's the solution of we actually have to just follow God the best we can and allow for people to be different and not like you know, uh, force, yeah. we, it's not convert or die. We can't do convert or die. Right. But again, exactly. it's not, it's not an answer. It's not a comfortable answer. Anybody wants. It's not a comfortable answer. Where it's like, here's the actual on paper solution. Here's who runs it. Here's the denomination. Here's this, here's that. It, it's not what people want to hear, but it starts in, in each of us. And it starts with a country that actually understands what being an American is again. And we've so freaking lost it to multiculturalism. That it's like at this point, I'm I don't I don't mean to sound black pill, but I just don't have a lot of hope. Like the people that are constituting America right now are not the good and moral people that can uphold the thing that we want. It's just not exactly. it's just not where we're at. And as John Adams once said, this constitution was created for a moral and religious people, and it's unfit for any other kind of people. Thank you, John Adams. I was trying to remember that that quote. So that's that what was I was from talking. Uh, Neely Brawler. Thank you. Somebody got what I was talking about. Glad you're here. <laughs> Glad all of you are here. Does that make sense though? Like, do you do you see do you agree with what I'm saying? Because I feel yeah. like that's the hard answer that people don't want is like until we actually as Christians like evangelize well enough to like get people on board with us again, we're not gonna have the thing we want. It's not gonna come from the top down, it's not gonna come from government. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, even if you look back in like our government, for instance, here. You know, speaking of like John Adams, what he said, um, other gov- other like presidents and other leaders that we've had in our past have said speeches that are almost like sermons. Yeah. 
and it really got people moving and it really started really connecting people. Um, I don't have any examples off the top of my head, but I've heard them, you know what I mean? Throughout like different clips mm-hmm. online or in classes in school or what have you, it happens to be. Um, but it's just, we need to get back to those roots pretty much. Like how many times have you in your lifetime seen a live presidential speech or something like that? And they say, God bless these United States of America. Like, yeah, and a, and a lot of them that said it were, you know, Muslims or, or atheists right, or whatever, right. right? I mean, since I've been alive, the only presidents I can actually remember is Bush Jr. and mm. uh, Obama, Trump, and now, you know, Biden. Yay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I was born in the 90s, but I don't, I, I have no recollection of Bill Clinton at all. The only thing I can see of Bill Clinton is what he is now. Probably the same person he was when he was president, which you did a whole deep dive in that. Yeah. And then um, any clips that you can find of him online, which the Internet's getting washed out. Mm-hmm. It's getting deleted. Yeah. Go, you know, going back to the Christian nationalism thing for a second, like yeah. people want a, a, a government solution. And there are some. And this is what like two things I pe- think people get wrong is like, the the purpose of our laws actually are to discourage bad behavior and encourage good behavior. We as a society don't understand what's good and bad anymore. And this is the thing that can't come from government. This has to come from us. And then we can say, look, we as a, we understand that actually prostitution is bad and we should discourage prostitution. We should shut down OnlyFans. We as a country can see, and you can take, I mean, if you want to be scientific about it, but like, that's a, that's a false God. Um, that that pornography ruins men like we can we can see it it's almost like the bible it's almost like god like knew these things and then science caught up to it and then we just decided to ignore both because uh pornography feels good to us in the moment right it's almost like god sees everything and knows everything right but but i heard someone me that some time ago that god sees everything i don't know you know he sees you when you're sleeping he knows when you're awake god is santa claus confirmed Kidding, kidding. Just kidding, yes. kidding, kidding, kidding. Yeah, but like we actually can and should discourage bad behavior, encourage good behavior in the laws. It's just that we cannot agree because we don't know what, it's, what it is to be an American. We don't know what our American values are. We don't know that they're Christian. And we're actually having the debate right now whether we want to continue as a nation with an underpinning of Christian values or this vague, uh, atheistic, feel-good nonsense that the the further you go down that road the more you'll realize that it was like what Immanuel Kant or whatever was like the only one who got it which was like actually like why should I care about the poor why should I care about the sick why should I why should I not just do what feels good like if I don't believe in God like there's there's no reason and like atheists hold on to the Christian values to like tether their atheist atheism to something and they're like they can't you know admit this um I mean I too I went through a weird little semi-commie semi-atheist that they were intertwined phase in my life and I just remember being like oh well I must keep in mind I was like 20 and I'm not proud of this but I was like well I must be even you know better than the people that need the bible to tell them all this stuff like I just don't murder people that's what they're at right that's what that's what people think because they don't understand where they're where like why why in the west do you believe the things that you believe and people have divorced it from the Bible, and it's like this is not how things work. No. It's just not true. Not even a little bit. No, look at China right now. Yeah. Look, look at Saudi Arabia. There's plenty of examples of people who don't have the Bible as their basis in any way, even in a small way that we've the remnant that we have left in America, and they don't have the same moral values as we do. 
Uh, look at Canada right now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Canada's like, oh, you stubbed your toe. What if you, you thought about killing yourself about it? Oh, no. <laughs> Don't cry over spilled milk. Murder yourself. Yeah, it's insane, yeah. right? I also really like this point that Elise brings up here in chat. Evangelize, not kowtow to not hurt people's feelings, but speak the truth and be examples of people who are not perfect, but constantly trying to be more Christ-like and love our neighbors as Christ has told us to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's something I think that, you know, she does a wonderful example of. You do as well. All of, you know, Abby and Jess do too. And that's one of the things that like really brought me and Kyle both, right, babe? Yeah. To God. Because we were like, oh, we don't have to be these like staunchly perfect, like starched apron kind of, you know, people we can like do our best to like keep our personalities and like still be getting, you know, sanctified more and more every day. Yeah, I mean, I think Ison was saying it here too, right? It's like we've we've got these people who have made their entire personality about this like this um secondary issue in the within the church and being like, yeah. if you don't believe in this secondary issue the exact way that I do, then we can't agree on anything at all. And it's like I, I I'll keep preaching the bullet doctrines to people as a as a way of like moving forward. It's like should we be encouraging each other to be better? Should we be having arguments over the little things? A hundred percent we should. But instead, we're like publicly attacking each other over like small little differences yeah. and then forgetting, forgetting that like actually the point is to bring people to Christ. And then we can have these we can continue to have these conversations because they are important. But instead, it's like, oh, well, you do communion this way and I do communion this way and you do baptism this way and I do baptism this way. And therefore, let's have this big public brawl and hate each other. And then like who are we who are we evangelizing to i was nearly kicked out of a church uh when i was younger for evangelizing to satanists because they didn't like the fact that i was going to satan to to where the satanists hang out to evangelize They're like well that's that's pretty wrong and evil and bad and i'm like they're not walking into your church dude and i'm not yeah. i'm not here saying your church isn't a wonderful thing i've gained so much from it i love to come here on sundays because it it reconnects me with god and with the community and with the church as a body and i think that church is wonderful i'm not anti church but like i have to go on saturday nights to these places and talk to these people because that's what i feel called to do and led to do and you know, if you're going to treat me like this how am i going to get them to come here on sunday which is what you yeah. seem to want but yeah. you, but you don't a lot and of them i think don't. the big issue is they don't have a heart for actually they don't have a heart for people unfortunately but sorry go ahead kyle yeah. But I, I think a big problem that people have with faith in general in trying to find God is church, first and foremost. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of churches out there, as we've seen, not just through like, uh, not just through the internet or news or what have you, but like people's real experiences going to churches and just not feeling welcome from the moment they step in the door. You know, you go to a Sunday mass or a sermon and you just you, you sit there and you listen, you try and communicate and talk with the people afterwards and try and get their thoughts, opinions about everything. And you just don't feel welcome. Like I've heard that so much, especially yeah. around our area. Yeah. That it's just like, oh, don't go to that church. Super clicky. Or this church here. Oh, they're like super woke. Don't go you, there. And it's just you, like, then where do we go? You, you know? just you just nailed it, though, in a way that I think a lot of churches don't understand. So what we've seen is this issue. Everybody's recognized it. Right. And then the solution is bad. So like people recognize, oh, people don't feel welcome in the church. So what they're saying is, well, that's probably because we're calling out sin. It's like, no, that's why they came there in the first place, yes. because they know that they're sinful and they're wrong and they need to be changed. 
Yeah. So instead, the church, by and large, I'm not. This is not every church. I go to a church that I I, I love right now. Um, but by and large, they've been like, well, what if we're just like a little bit softer on the edges around like not condemning this and not calling people to be better in this way. And then we'll water down the gospel and we won't like really teach. We'll just give this vague notion of niceness and goodness and like tithe. Right. Because we need our money that and people hate this. Right. And instead. Yeah. And, but what the what, what is it that people don't like about the church? It's like you. I think you just nail on the head. It's like the clickiness of it. Right. It's like yeah. there's this. There's not a welcoming atmosphere, and welcoming doesn't mean, well, you are sinning in this particular way, so I got to make sure I don't talk about that sin. I, I don't think that's it at all. I think that it is just like this. Wh why would people want to go to a church that's just like watered down general niceness values? Like, you can get it anywhere. Like, you can watch, you <laughs> frick, you could watch like secular TV and get a vague, like, be nice to your neighbors message at the end of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get a TED talk to pep you up. No, yeah, it's just TED yeah. talks. I mean, to learn how to be nice to your neighbors, all you got to do is watch Mr. Rogers and you're good Thank to go. Thank you, right? Like, just, like <laughs> yeah. You watch Paw you Patrol. Watch you, you could, your kids could watch Paw Patrol and get the same message you're getting in Sunday school, and it pisses me <sighs> off. It shouldn't be this way. But I yeah. think, like, um, you know, like Abby has stated multiple times that, like, she wants to go to a church where, like, a she gets challenged. Yeah. Yes. And where it's like we go into the nitty gritty of scripture. Yes. And talk about the details and the finite things of it and why it's actually there and what it actually means or, you know, what have, whatever it is. Not like you said, what, this watered down like the crystal light Bible. Jesus will just love you. Yeah. And it's just like, what's. Okay. I was in, I, I was, uh, I was 20 years old. I was in college when I realized that I had gone 20 years in the church with the shortest book in the Bible being cut into three quarters. So what I'm trying to say is Jonah is the shortest book in the Bible and everybody knows the first three chapters of Jonah. I was 20 years old in college studying the Bible going, I don't, I didn't know the fourth chapter. Why it's, it's a short read. You can read all of Jonah in 20 minutes. Like, why was I never taught anything at all about the fourth chapter of Jonah? And that's because it's like, kind of, you have to get into the nitty gritty. You have to get into the actual deep philosophical stuff. You shouldn't be able to go to church for 30 years and not understand basic concepts. But instead yeah. we've talked down to people so much that the, like the church that I'm going to now, I, I truly believe is, is more along the lines of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they do that I, I love is that, you know how you get that like little pamphlet when you go into church, it's like, here's the the notes and here's what we're doing this week on Wednesday. Yeah. Here's when the singles thing is and stuff like that. So they have all that in there, all the announcements and then they've got notes on the sermon and they've got a little sp spot to write your own notes. Mm -hmm. And at that spot, they have two or three words every week that are Hebrew or Greek words translated. That's and so the pastor cool. will talk about them in the sermon. So like, for example, it was like a month ago where he's like, all right, you, you've read this part in, in, uh, in Joshua that says that uh, God said this was bad. Like that's the translation into modern English. The word is haram and haram means destined for destruction. And he explains the, the connotations of this word. And I'm like, yes, this is what people, people, Christians are not idiots. Stop treating us like we're children. Yeah. yeah. Like feed us like we're adults. We need more than milk. We need meat. We need substance. And yep. you shouldn't be able to go to a church for 30 years and get no meat and get no substance and just be on mother's breast milk into your exactly. 40s and 50s and 60s. It's insane. But yeah. there's this notion like, oh, we can't go deep. We can't equip the church. People are unequipped 
This is this is the whole problem is that people are so unequipped with the knowledge of the Bible. You shouldn't mm. be able to listen to a Bible sermon an hour a week every week and not understand basic things. Yeah. And it's so hard because right now we're in a time of great spiritual warfare. And if you're not wearing the spiritual armor, if you're not getting that from church, then like, and what do you do? What's I, like, I also get that like, some pastors will be like, well, like our Sunday messages aren't like the deep dives you need, like to come to a Bible study, things like that. Sure. I don't, I guess, but like, come on, you can go deeper on Sundays and, and if you're just giving a like once a month a, a tithing message, like you just kind of come off as like, like you don't care about equipping your people. You know what I mean? You're yeah. just like begging for money. Um, it gives driftery vibes. It does, right? So yeah, no, I agree that people should be going deeper. Like you can't get everything on Sunday. I'm not saying that, but you should get way more on Sunday. I've 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 been been in every type of church. I've moved all across this nation. I've lived in like ten different states in my 32 years. I've been in all kinds of denominations. I've seen what works and what doesn't. I'm telling, I'm telling you, like th there's pastors, pastors out there go to college, the same college that I went to. They went way longer than I did. And I'm like, you have so much more knowledge than your, than your people do. And you're not excited to share it. That's insane to me. Like as, as a yeah. podcaster, I can't imagine spending that much time researching something and not be so excited to like break it down and share the individual like intricacies. Like I'll, I'll research freaking the Clinton body count for like 20 hours in a week. and be like, guys, you got to hear this. It's probably gonna be three hours long, but trust me, like sit through it. But instead it's like, Oh, I got to hit my 45 minutes. Make sure I get my uh, message in there about tithing. Make sure I do the call to prayer at this time. And we have to have the, you know, it's, it's so corporate. It just drives yeah. me nuts. Nothing about the church of acts is corporate. I, I hate the corporate, the whole corporate nature that church has become. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons too, why I'm so glad that Rob is going through church because that's going to be, I can't wait when he gets out all of the amazing work that he'll continue doing. And if you guys don't know Rob, you might remember him from this. Do you want a delicious brew that shares your values too? Look no further than North Arrow Coffee. North Arrow Coffee is a pro-life veteran-owned business that I am proud to have as a sponsor. Not only do they have a delicious, superior product, they also pledge to donate at least 15% of their sales to organizations that support and advocate for the pre-born, help families facing crisis pregnancies, and offer healing to those who have been affected by abortion in a gospel-centered way. Order North Arrow Coffee today. You can do so by going to northarrowcoffee.co, and when you use code FRIDA, F-R-E-D-A, you'll save 10% off your first order. I love so, it. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice advertisement placement. Thank yes, you. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rob, Rob is going to be ordained, and I'm excited. He is a guy who's actually on fire for the Lord. He's actually very interested in teaching the Bible. I like I I can't understand it because I love this stuff. I love talking about this stuff. And I can't understand having a platform in front of a hundred or thousands of people every week and not being excited to be like, this is what I, this is what I've learned. This is what I want to share with you. Let's get into the Hebrew of it. Like, it's like, there's a cynicism that's been taught to people. That's just like, well, your, your congregation is retarded. Your congregation is functionally retarded. They aren't actually looking for substance. 
They just want to feel good about themselves. Give them the same TED Talk. And you know what? In fact, you can write down your sermons and you can put them on a hard drive and you can pull them out every year at this time and do the same freaking one you did last year. It's blowing my mind. I'm seeing a rise in churches that are taking it upon themselves to be like, you know what we're going to do? For the next six months, we're going to go through this book of the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse. This is happening more and I'm excited for it. So I don't want to sound all black-pilled about stuff. But like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not saying like there's no other way to preach, but like that is so needed to be able to go through and not just be like, here's two disparate verses taken out of context that make my point about being a generally good person. Mm-hmm. It's so boring and, yeah. and, and cynical, to be honest. And that's another one of the things I'm really excited about because mm-hmm. Mealy Brother actually has a show called Branch Brothers. It's on YouTube, X, Twitch, and Kick. Um, it's called The Arbiter and it's co-hosted by himself and his buddy. And it seems like a lot of what you guys are doing with Hawkhound as well, um, well, with Hawkhound and Quarks of Creation, where you're going through and actually looking at the source material that all of our lives come from that all of the things that we should be doing getting to the root of things and really explaining it and talking about it in ways that like Kyle and I I mean it's fair to say you didn't know too much about the Bible before we started getting into the whole Hawkeye fam right I mean I knew kind of like what's kind of what's like the popular stuff you know like like what's right. made in the zeitgeist yeah I mean like you know Noah and the flood and Moses pardon the sea and jesus and people didn't really accept him and then he died on the cross for our sins and th- and then the apocalypse you know just like essentially the cliff notes i guess you right could say. and i think most americans know the cliff notes like right some people pretend they don't and once in a while you see a hollywood movie where someone's like really who's jesus i've never heard of this man like you live in america you've heard of him <laughs> he's definitely yeah. Yeah. yes yeah everybody in america's heard of jesus yes um i hope so then, i mean yeah um, but then, like, once you actually s- start, like, reading more into it, it just opens your eyes up and you're like, wow, there's so much more than I ever thought there was. And sometimes it's as simple as saying, hey, here's a word that's been translated to English. If we take it back to its root, this whole verse becomes, like, deep and impactful and meaningful. Yep. And guess what? My congregation's not too dumb to understand this word. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. It's just insane to me. It's like, why, why is podcasting so big right now? Like, we, when we grew up in the 90s, it was, like, cool to be stupid. Remember this? It was like, oh, I, I don't study. Yeah. I don't do my homework. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's barely barely got by. So like, many whatever, girls screw this. Down for guys. And, it's like, and all those same people that in high school were like, oh, yeah, whatever. They're listening to history podcasts. They're listening to, like, deep. They're listening to Dan Carlin giving a three-hour lecture on an event that happened in 1503 that they've never heard of because it's fascinating. The Bible is fascinating. I People that have made the Bible boring piss me off. It is the least boring book there is. It's like we we this hasn't come out yet, but we were on a a podcast called Paranoid American uh, a few days ago. And he said, yeah, you know, the Bible, whatever. But he's like, numbers, like, how do you read numbers? And I was like, oh, well, I'm glad you brought it up, my guy, because numbers might be the most boring read ever. I get it. But when you understand why it's important, it unlocks so much. And I went into he's like, oh, wow. I was like, yes, like, like the, the genealogies, when you understand why they're important, it's 
fascinating stuff. And it's yeah. like, I'm not saying you have to sit down and like, and he begat, and he begat, and he begat, but at least like understand what it means. Like the, understand that someone else has done the work for you and explained it and like gone through the genealogies and like laid out what, what the importance is. Yeah. And then you can take something away from it that is like a key to unlocking an, a, a, a deeper understanding of your faith and of God and of his plan. It's just like, even the boring stuff is fascinating if you have the right person to explain it to you. Even the short books can be really like, can really pack a punch too. If you have somebody to sit down with you and like talk to them about it and like, you know, take turns reading. Like my best friend, Sarah and I, we went through the book of Ruth together. And I mean, I've been around the, at least a variation of the Bible. If you know, you know, which most of you, you know, um, (laughs) and we went through the book of Ruth and it was so fascinating. It was amazing. We got to talk about all of the different things and she would pause because her parents are Bible, well, her mom's a Bible translator and she would go through all the different things that I would have, like, I would have had no way of knowing. And she was like, oh, this is this. And I'm like, wait, what? No way. Wait, that was a thing socioculturally, anthropologically? Wait, what? And when um, she's able to get settled because she is playing, you know, a real life version of Stardew Valley, she's actually going to come on the show. We're going to review, um, like, we're going to read the book of Ruth and stuff and it's going to be awesome. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, too, like with the Bible, it, you can you can read the Bible front, back, you know, cover to cover multiple times because mm-hmm. you read it once. You're not going to catch everything. Right. There's going to be things that you're going to be like, oh, OK. Oh, OK. Oh, OK. And then uh, and then that stuff may come in play later on or it's referenced later on in the Bible, at least what I've noticed so far. Yeah. And then you're going to do a second read through of it. And then you're like, how did I not see this the first time? And how did I not see this the first time? But this is why people have been raised up to be pastors, right? Is their whole job, like I get, this is going to be maybe controversial. Like Uh (laughs) this is one of the things uh, I never get controversial guys. (laughs) (laughs) Not my, not my brand at all. Um, No, definitely not. You're going to say you're ginger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, no, uh, it's strawberry blonde. Okay. I've got five oh, fingers. God. on. Here anyway. we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot, it's totally derailed me, Frida. Sorry. No, it's all good. Here's the thing, right? Is like, there's, there's this old like Catholic idea of like, people should not be able to handle the Bible and read it. Cause they'll misinterpret it and, and read into what they want to. And then there's this like, this is like the the conservative libertarian divide in the church, right? It's like there's that version of like no one should be able to read it except the ordained minister, and he's going to explain it to you like you're, you're a child, and you're only going to get what he tells you. And then there's the other version, which is like just read it for yourself, read into what you want. You can read a verse a million times, get a different interpretation every time, and that's good for some reason. And I'm like right in the middle of this, where I'm just like actually people should be able to read their Bibles, but they do need someone to explain it to them. They do need people who have been ordained. They do need people who have like are versed in this stuff um, to actually like explain it to them uh, and and help them get something out of it. Because unfortunately there's like 40,000 denominations in the country right now. And a big part of that is the fact that people have gone, I'm going to read into this, what I want to read into this. And I'm going to make a big deal about this thing. And you're going to make a big deal about that thing. So yeah, there's like there's a problem there. I don't think it's like I don't think either side has it fully right. I definitely don't think you shouldn't have a be able to read the Bible for yourself, but I do think that you do need to submit to some authority and be like, yeah, no, like I don't, I can't fully understand this part. Um, this is why people have been trained in Hebrew. This is why people have been trained in Greek. 
Uh, this is why, you know, there's, there's, there's teachers out there who are going to help you not get lost in some of the things. Um, I think too, that like yeah. in the Bible, you know, it's been, been a book forever. Um, there's things that are inside of the Bible. I think that aren't even for us today in 2023, it could be for the civilized, it could be for the people in 50 years from now or a hundred years from now or whatever. But there's, I, I feel like that there are certain parts of the, of the Bible that just aren't for us right now. It's for someone later on down the road for another group of people down the road. Um, kind of yeah, like I, a lot sorry. of what the, a lot of what the old Testament was, was there was a lot of references in there to Jesus. And it's like, well, this isn't really for you guys. This is for later. This is for something you got your, your people should be looking out for later on mm-hmm. not for right now. And I still think that there's parts of that that are in there. Yeah. There, there, I feel like we also have to understand when reading the Bible is some people want to take everything and make it about them. Because this is we're a very self-centered culture, and uh, sometimes you have to understand that there's certain promises made to certain people, and that that's not actually speaking exactly specifically to you. But there is something you can gain from it by understanding who God's speaking to. Like the Bible is written for all times, yes, but it's also written for a people and a place and a time. And understanding those things is important. Like this is this was my issue with like some of these like lazy modernistic translations where they're like. Well, people don't people don't drink milk and honey anymore. We'll just call it bubble gum. And I'm like, well, hold on. You're like actually missing some important stuff when you like change the parables. Yeah. So what you have to actually do to understand the Bible is understand what the parable meant to the people in its time and then interpret it. So like we don't we don't put wine in wineskins, we put wine in bottles, right? So yeah. you, so but if you say you can't put a new wine in an old bottle. It's like, well, yes, you can. <laughs> like what yeah. are you talking about? But the <laughs> wineskin thing is important and you have to understand it. And like these things are not hard to understand. Like a threshing floor is not hard to explain to someone. A wine skin is not hard to explain to someone. But it just takes someone going, "Hey, I actually understand the cultural um, historical reference here. Let let me explain it to you in twenty seconds because you're not a child. You can understand it, and I can actually mm-hmm. teach. And that's my job is to teach and make you understand it. Yes. And if we did that and explain parables and explain historical events." Like when I when I went to college, my first class, my first semester was um, Life of Jesus or something like that. And for the first two months, it was just like, here's maps, here's roads, here's Jewish custom of, you know, that time. It's like, we're not reading the Bible in the first few months. We're just understanding the culture that Jesus was born into. Mm-hmm. And it's it just unlocks so much of the Gospels. And, and in all honesty, understanding the Old Testament is what the other part that unlocks the Gospels. And a lot of people are afraid to like get into the Old Testament stuff. It's like, well, you can't understand Jesus. Yeah. You can't understand, you know, if you don't understand Isaiah, if you don't understand Ezekiel, if you don't understand even Leviticus, it just doesn't make sense. So, because we've been going through the book of John right now in our family Bible study, and a lot of what we see, you know, him referencing, like Jesus referencing the prophets. And we're like, okay, we'll understand when we circle back around. Yeah. yeah, the Bible's self-referential, like a million yeah. times. It's like it's like a Marvel movie. Like you can't just jump into like you know Iron Man three and be like, "What the heck's going on?" You got to like w- yeah. watch the whole thing, right? right. So that was yeah. probably a bad example, but you get it. Like you know, each yeah. one is yeah. self-referential, and you have to understand the previous things to understand the importance and the significance of the later things. So, yeah, I don't know. Like that—that's an old thing. I'm not sure. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are revitalizations of old concepts of like, we should just get rid of the Old Testament. That was a thing back in like the early church that had this argument like, should we should we keep that as part of our doctrine? Yes, you should. And the modern church should too. 
Uh, you can't understand Jesus without it. Yeah. I'm ranting though. I feel like we've gotten so off subject, but I just get passionate about this stuff. So I mean, honestly, after, I think this is very much needed. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I listen. There's a reason why I spend so much time every week uh, sitting at this chair with a microphone because I have a lot of stuff to say, <laughs> and I rant <laughs> and I apologize. So no, don't worry about it. Honestly, I'm just excited that I got another episode of PJ this week. We love tangents. <laughs> Which, we love good tangents. Yes. We should say. I don't know how many of mine are good, but I have a lot of tangents. <laughs> so far, most of them have been. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to ask, Ab- we'll have to ask Abby about that one. Are, are PJ's tangents you always helpful? disagree on some of those, but you know. <laughs> your tangents, yes, you're among us gameplay side-eye. Yeah. <laughs> so, in your opinion, how can faith leaders and believers contribute positively to the public? to the political discourse without alienating those who might not share the same religious beliefs. Hold on. Does that need to be repeated because we're all kind of giggling? That's fine. (laughs) In your opinion, how can faith leaders and believers contribute positively to the political discourse without alienating those who might not share the same beliefs? Stop apologizing. Yeah. I mean, that's the first part of it, isn't it? Right. You're just being truthful. Like speaking exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I I feel like people don't respect, like people are going to disagree with you, but the people who disagree with you might actually respect you if you just actually stood for and believed in the things that you believed in and you stopped apologizing for believing them. Oh, well, I know that I believe this. Maybe you don't. And that's okay. I get, no, it's not okay. What I believe in is correct and true. And I'm going to say it as if it's correct and true because it is. And I'm going to believe it as if it is. And it doesn't mean we have to be like, a-holes about it but like you also don't have to be cowed into cow into like apologizing for being correct it's it's so frustrating to me is like oh well i maybe people don't believe the way that i do it's like no you have the truth speak the truth speak it in love and stop apologizing for it i feel like we 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 made this decision with conspiracy pill early on it's like i know when the show started we're like man we're like we're speaking into a community that's lo- full of new age gnostics and it's like <laughs> well you know in early episodes we're probably like this is what i think and here's why and maybe you don't and you know there's other explanations. no it's just like at some point we're like I, I i'm speaking about things that i know are true Mm-hmm. I know them for so many reasons. I'm going to say them as if they're true, and I'm going to call people out when they're wrong. It doesn't mean I'm going to be a dick about it, but sorry, I don't mean to like use that language. But like, it, you know, I mean, probably already got removed from YouTube. Sorry, anyway, so. it's okay. It's marked as not for children. Yeah, I'm not for children, guys. <laughs> oh, says no. the man with two kids. Am I wrong? Yeah, no. <laughs> well, ask my wife. She's like, you can't say that in front of the kids. Um, oh. But. Uh, I don't know. You have something else to say, Kyle. I just that's the first thing that popped in my mind is like, yeah, yeah. If we're gonna speak truth to the culture, if we're gonna call out what's good and bad and say, like, actually, this is what we should aspire to, then we have to believe it ourselves first if we're gonna expect anybody else to believe it and accept it. I think I think we as Christians need to stop people pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a sin to be not to not people please. People pleasing is also not a fruit of Jesus. Not a fruit. Sorry, Jehovah's Witnesses used to call it fruit uh, fruit, and I'm like actively fruited? working to program my fruitage. Fruitage. Yes. What the heck's that about? 
<laughs> it's like all the fruit you gather in at harvest. I don't, I don't okay. know. I've never heard of sleeping. They expect me to go to five of those a week. Okay. It was funny um, when I when I first started studying the Bible in college, I didn't realize that I had like someone gave me a bunch of books, and I didn't realize how many of them were Jehovah's Witnesses books until I got to the end of them. Because like, oh, this is interesting. This is good. And then I get to the end, I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> like, this yeah. went, this went very different direction all of a sudden. Then I get to the back, I'm like, oh, lighthouse. Oh, okay, okay. Is that what it's called? The Lighthouse Publishing? Is that the Jehovah's Witness one? Watchtower Publishing. Watchtower. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just being truthful. Like um, Maylie Brawler says, speaking the truth is the key to freedom. Like, yeah. it is. You, you, um, you know, lying and misleading is a sin. Not being a people pleaser. So if you're being a people pleaser, but you're also misleading them, isn't that <clears throat> sinful? Yeah. And enabling yeah, is a lot of either. Exactly. If you care about someone being able to find faith and be, connect closer and be closer to Jesus, then you need to be truthful with them. Frida, I hope someone was able to explain the the kindness fruit of the spirit good on your on your thing because I feel like that's one that people. <laughs> <laughs> it's still in the uh, it's still in the redacted formation because I'm waiting for one more submission. I'm, I'm, but... I'm joking, but the reason I brought it up is because what mm -hmm. Kyle's talking about is the the. Uh, the misunderstanding that is niceness versus kindness. And it's like, niceness is I'm going to stay quiet and not offend you. That's niceness. And kindness is I'm going to speak the truth to you in love, you know, and that's, that's yeah. a distinction. I get it. There are people who are like, I'm going to speak the truth and be a jerk about it. And it's like, well, that's not probably helpful either. But like speaking the truth is part of kindness. It's just the way that you do it. Um, you, you tell people the truth because you care about them and you love them as, as Christ has commanded us to but that doesn't mean shutting up if you think it's going to offend them. That's niceness. And that's a, that's a, a toxic version of niceness yeah. that yeah. Uh, we've accepted as, as the fruit of the spirit. And it's just not, it's a fruit of, it's a fruit of the devil. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's pretty much what I said, but you just wanted more depth about that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I rant, dude. I rant a lot. You have to cut me off and I won't be offended if you tell me to shut up. I get it. Okay, oh. I'll, I'll be sure to hold you to that. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> but just so you, you guys, you're my accountability in, partner here. You got to tell me when to shut up. Gotcha. All right. I, I, know, I can tell Abby does it all the time. So you know. she does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just so you got, everybody in chat knows, there's actually something really special coming out on the second. It's going to be a little New Year's something or other. You'll oh, it's that redacted thing, this right? Space. Yes. Oh, nice. You'll have did, to I, did I did I did I spill a secret a second ago, Frida? Almost. Almost. That's why I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all good. I mean, I've been teasing people about it. I've been letting know, them know that there was, you know, a little bit of something coming. So make sure you guys hit like and subscribe just so that you'll be here and you'll be able to enjoy everybody's hard work because it was a big collaboration with a lot of really special individuals. Yeah, um, smash the like button. Definitely. Yeah. Like the smash button. All however right. you want to say it. Doesn't matter. Just do it. I love how that was born out of your brain, not taking healthy cell gels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a cool thing. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about, too, was that there's a lot of people in the conservative movement whose messaging doesn't match their beliefs, whether it's people who are yeah. faux Christian, pro-sex trafficking, with, you know, some Andrew Tate stuff, whether it's people who are all about, I mean, you know what? Screw it. You guys say know it. what we're talking about. Say the about. thing. Say the thing. It's all good. Say the thing. Whether it's, you know, Candace Owens, whether it's Steven Crowder, 
whether it's you know the post-millennial story that you guys brought us on yeah. conspiracy hill unhinged there's so much of that when it comes to the kind of like thought leadership space in conservatism yeah and well this is because conservatism cannot be uh separated from christianity if you actually understand what conservatism is supposed to mean and there's been a concerted effort uh, to to do exactly that. That's what conservatism TM has become. That's why when your leader is Trump, and I'm, again, I'm not saying I, I voted for Trump twice, guys. I don't need to hear, it. Oh, 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 whatever. He did great things for the country. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I voted for the guy twice. Yeah. I'd vote for him again if he was the nominee. I get it. I'm not yeah. saying that, but people have to actually distinguish whether or not he's actually a conservative thought leader, and he's not. Um, I but mean, people, I'd vote for a bag of chips over Biden any day of the week. But right, you know. yeah. Like, it's not like, a hard decision. Even if, yeah, even if they're three quarters air, voting for the bag of chips, right? Yeah, I'm still voting for a bag of chips. <laughs> even, if the salt, chips. even if they forgot the salt, like, still voting for the bag of chips. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but people, there's been this, there's been this effort to divorce conservatism from Christianity as if they're two different things. They're just not. Um, Kangman Lee actually put Put it the best. Uh, he said that conservatism is Christian values in, or Christian morals in politics, right? That is, if you wanted to sum up William F. Buckley Jr., who was the father of the modern conservative movement, and I actually agree with his whole take on what it's supposed to mean, that is the best way to sum it up. So, uh, unfortunately, yeah. people have grifted super hardcore, and it's not that they don't believe that Biden is bad, it's not that they don't believe in this thing or that thing, but what you will find out is that eventually. They are pushing you and 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 corralling people to this other, not Christian conservatism that is just some vague niceness libertarianism. It, it mostly is just born out of a hatred of the left. There's a difference between wanting to conserve Christian values in this country and hating Joe Biden, and they're not the same thing. And, and I feel like a lot of people are treating uh, conservatism as like a bandwagon thing. Like, oh, I don't like oh, this yeah. guy. I'm just going to go hang out on the other well, side for a little bit until I like my guy again. And I'm going to go back over there. The argument you know, in 20s. Yeah. The argument in 2016 was big tent conservatism. And they got this right and wrong. And what they were saying is, hey, you don't like them, vote for us. Right. And I was like, yeah. yes, that's a good message. And they're like, if you don't like them, you are a part of us. And your and your beliefs are our beliefs, and it's like whoa, whoa, yeah. Like, like let's let's tone this down and say, you know what, that guy sucks. <laughs> Vote for our guy, and we will show you why our belief system is better. Yeah, and and yeah. and instead of saying the reason that guy sucks, the reason their policies suck, the reason that their government government sucks is because their whole view on the world is wrong. Like their take on everything, the lens they view the world through is wrong and evil and stupid. And this is how we view the world. This is the lens we view it through. This is our underlying principles mm -hmm. and they're better. And therefore they will create a better system and a better government. And, and nobody would, nobody would freaking say this. Everybody was just like, Oh, well, I, I, you don't like him. I don't like him. Where can we agree? And it's like, yeah. Sorry, I know I'm it's it's so no, it's true. When one thing isn't me, working, you have to try the other thing. Let me, yeah, let me put it this way like, if if, if Caitlyn Jenner doesn't like Joe Biden, that does not make Caitlyn Jenner, sorry, Bruce Jenner, a man that is not conservative. Like, the idea that, oh, well, and, and this is this is like this, this slippery slope, like, uh. Mm -hmm creeping thing that we talked about the communism has done over the last hundred plus years it's like let's just start with like eroding one truth 
and then we'll erode the next truth and we'll erode the next truth. And then now conservatives are saying, well, I mean, I guess if you want to chop your, your pecker off at, at 18, you know, you're some vulnerable college kid who's being lied to by the professors. I guess that's okay. That's conservative and libertarian and wonderful and great. As long as we don't do it to kids. Well, I, you know, and it's like, it, it doesn't make sense. Like the underlying yeah. principle here yeah. is that men cannot be women. They are not women. Yeah. And if you say, well, I guess if you're 18, you could, right? Then what Then what you're saying is, well, wouldn't it be better to do it before puberty? Wouldn't it be better to do it before they go through the male puberty and all this nonsense? You're granting the left their premise, is my point, by being yeah. wishy-washy and stupid about it. So when and you invite you Lady want... MAGA to your, to your conference and call it conservative, you're an idiot. And, yeah. and it's just this whole issue. And like Candace Owens wasn't a Christian. She understood that saying vaguely Christian things would get her a bigger audience and give her more credibility. But you can't like, you can't do this. You can't trust yeah. people who are like, I'm a Christian when it, when it serves my bottom dollar, we need yeah. to call these people out and understand who they are and, and be like, maybe they have some good things to say, but like, let's stop, let's stop pretending that they are the thing they say they are. I've never really been a big fan of Candace. Like even when she was on her own before she joined over with the daily wire, and then she joined over with the Daily Wire, and I was like, but why? It doesn't seem like she fit. Yeah. It didn't yeah. it just didn't seem like a good fit, my personal opinion. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of people were super excited about it, and they were like, Oh my god, there's a lot of people who love Candace Owens. But um, I just I personally have never really liked her or her content. Um, and the fact that she's being seen as like a Christian leader. It just upsets me. She's there's so many people in this party that aren't actually the figureheads of virtue that they attempt to comport themselves today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, you you brought up Tate earlier. This is exactly where it leads to, right? It's like you've got this vaguely Christian-ish notion that that sounds, you know, whatever. And then it just devolves into something that is anti-Christian, and then that's Islam, and that's exactly where the younger generation is being pulled to. Look, we were talking to Paul Stobbs about this the other day. There's nobody under 18 who watches my show or watches his show. But you know who they do watch? You know who under 18-year-olds watch? They watch Sneeko. They watch Andrew Tate. These, these people are you know, like this Muslim conservatism extremism that's like grabbing the younger generation because, again – they are the one thing that they have going for them is they're not afraid of, of saying, I believe this and it's right. And it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Christians aren't doing it. And it's like, well, how do you expect a generation who's been raised by weak men to try to find a good, strong man? And they see someone who's strong. The, the, the morality question doesn't matter anymore because they just need strength. And Christians are still apologizing for being correct. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, I've been trying to be a little bit more open about things too, personally, you know, being new with um christianity and um at the end of almost every single one of my appointments pretty much i tell them oh god bless and i leave so like yeah. that's usually the like one thing that i say to them before i leave and it doesn't like i have i go into all kinds of people's homes all ethnicities and i've heard the wild stories y'all oh god um <laughs> i could t i could go on for hours <clears throat> with stories that i have um but like you know i even i still even say like oh god bless or whatever and then when i leave the house so, like, I've been trying, absolutely, you know, spreading more and being more open about being Christian. And because it almost feels like, and I don't know why, but it almost feels like a lot of people who are new to Christianity are almost, like, shameful of it. Yeah, like, oh, they are. Like, like, I remember in school, okay, in high school, was never Christian in high school. 
there was a kid who always read the Bible during his free time. He would finish his time as fast or, you know, he'd be get done early with the work. And then the teacher would be like, oh, you can use the extra time for like homework or whatever. He'd sit there and read the Bible. And I remember kids were going up to him and saying like, why are you reading the Bible? Are you stupid or blah, blah, blah. And like making fun of him and stuff. I was that kid in high school, by the way. I was that kid in high school. Who, and there bullied used to be or the... read the Bible? Bo- both. Yeah. The, the oh. kid who read the Bible in my spare time was bullied. For it. Yeah, I was me. the girl that inner little cardigans that read the bible and used to have all the different jocks like come up to her desk and tebow <laughs> oh god it's yeah yeah um but then that was the thing that happened. And it just never felt right to me personally i never partaked in the bullying of that don't get me wrong i did a little bit of bullying in high school but i feel like you need to on certain things because yeah. if not then you get a bunch of women <laughs> not like, all bullying is bad let's just be honest it, about it as men we have to like control each other bad. Bully lives I'm, matter. Facts. <laughs> like it's you just need true. To like men, men need to be harsh with each other a bit to yes. like, yeah. If not, then you just grow up to be like a pan. Soft. Yeah. Soft. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, what? Why are we why are we moving away from this? But but um but yeah, going back to what I was saying is like I never really bullied that kid, that type of kid, because like I was always like, you know, that's what you believe. Go for it. Have fun. That was me in high school. I really didn't care about that stuff wasn't my forte um but now that it i'm you know getting into things it's just like i would have loved to have been able to just sit there and read the bible during free time at school Mm -hmm. just to be able to learn more and to gather more information and talk to other people that do as well and you know some of your christmas presents might help with that oh boy i can't read (laughs) while i drive my car it's a little bit illegal and dangerous (laughs) yeah I, i i think i think um going back to like the the main topic of this and with people who are like grifting and stuff like that this is why i realized a few years ago and this has been my whole thing um it took me a while to like put a name on it and brand it in a way that like made sense to to, to other people which again i'm not trying to say like oh you know you have branding and stuff like that but you do when you're trying to sell a show you you're trying to like make sense yeah. of the world and and what your what your role is in speaking into this world and that was basically this idea that like there are things that are just completely intertwined and inseparable from each other and re- religion and politics are are some of those things yeah. um we add conspiracy into it because you can't talk about politics without talking about conspiracy but like yeah. <laughs> well you can't like come on it's like talking so, about birds without talking about conspiracy yeah exactly <laughs> it's it's weird. but uh you like this is this is my thing right it's like there are people like michael knowles who have who are just completely unafraid to be like here's why i believe this in the bible and here's you know why i think this way about politics and that rubs some people the wrong way. I'm like, politics is how people react, inter, you know, inter, interplay with each other in, in a society, right? Like this yeah. is how people, you know, are governed. It's based on morals. It's based on values. How do you talk about the moral value system that that directs a nation and a group of people without talking about religion? It's it's incoherent yeah. and stupid and instead we've just been like well let's put that to the side let's brand conservatism as this basic idea of shifting values that we don't we can't name what underpins them all and then and and because of that we've brought people in who don't have a coherent underpinning value system into what is uniquely a christian political system like to, to say conservatism is not a christian political system is is to not understand conservatism to not understand its history to understand where the word comes from it, it's it's incoherent but we've just like eroded that away too so yeah it's like it, here's my thought on on it if you, if you want a good conservative leader they should be talking about the bible a lot if they're not probably 
there's there's a there's a reason. Let's just yeah. put it that way. It, they're, they're showing who they are. So when Candace goes on Joe Rogan and says, eh, "I don't really, I'm not really, I don't really care about Christ," and then later on is like, "Oh well, I need this point to make sense, and I'm gonna, you know, Bible bash you for a second to to like sell my brand." It's like that should be a big red flag. That yeah. This person yeah. is not uh, a thought leader in the th- in, that you need, that we She's need, funny. that actually understands wow. the interplay between cons- between politics and religion. Uh, let's just stop being afraid of saying what it is. Like, let's stop like watering down our message to serve people who hate you. Let's stop appeasing alligators, hoping we'll get eaten last. It's it's so stupid. You're, yeah. ah, it's 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 a frustration of mine to be like, oh well, if I just if I just cave on my value system in all these little ways, then maybe I'll convince people who hate me for my beliefs. It's it's incoherent. All you're going to do is turn into a person that you yourself hate at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then it's you're going to become that lukewarm Christian, and God's going to vomit you out of His mouth. Like, isn't that literally in the Bible? Yeah, Somewhere. yeah. Well, yeah, we want to be lukewarm, right? You know. So, I agree. It, it people are not going to respect you. We we just researched Henry Kissinger last week, and one of his quotes yeah. that we didn't bring up on the show is like, "People are going to respect you if they." Your enemies will respect you more than the than your own countrymen if you stand on truth. And it's like, look, Henry Kissinger's a bad guy, but he had a point here, right? He's like, yeah. look, your enemies might think that you are absolutely to your core wrong, but they're going to respect you if you're not talking out both sides of your mouth. Yeah. Nobody's going to respect you if you're like, well, you know, I guess maybe kind of, well, you know, I I mean, I, I kind of believe this, but I don't want to say it because I want to offend you. And, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Kind of, sort of, who, really. who, who respects that? Like, you think that you're going to convince people, hey, my my belief system and my religion is the one true correct way. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Like, who who who's like looking at you going, yeah, that guy who who like doesn't even believe in what he believes in enough to stand firmly on it. That's the religion that I want to follow. That's the value system that I want to follow. It's retarded. It yeah. really is. It's like the literal definition of retarded. <laughs> hard R. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely yeah. hard R. Yeah. So getting into kind of a more hopefully white pilling chapter. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. But I also think that, you know, this show is about that meeting people where they're at and giving them the hope to go the extra mile, helping them have that faith to go the extra mile to get where they're going. And so what do you envision as the most promising aspects for the future of conservatism, considering all of the perspectives emerging from the movement? Honestly, I just think it's the fact that um, people are showing themselves for what they, who, who they serve. Right. Like this, this, this goes both ways. And this is actually really fascinating. If you want to talk about a white pill for a second, the demonic left is showing you who they serve. They put a Baphomet statue in the Iowa, you know, uh, courthouse this week. Right. Like, yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about that. That was, there was a but, lot. Of but feedback. here's the thing. Nobody, nobody at like a year from now, right. Is going to not know who you serve. Like quite yeah. literally like atheism's dead. Atheists are moving away from that messaging going, ah, Baphomet. That's why I was really serving the whole time. Like there's something white pilling about the fact that your enemies are, are naming themselves. The people on your side who were pretending to be Christian are naming themselves. Like <clears throat> Andrew Tate was thought to be a Christian figure. And he's like, actually I serve uh, a Mohammed or um, 
uh why can't Allah Allah I start yeah. Allah you know what I mean Sorry, I, I was laughing because people thought like actually thought Andrew Tate was Christian for a second people did because it was just like oh he vaguely believes in the things that I believe in kind of you know if you take out the you know gross uh prostitution stuff that he did and the grooming and the you know if I can just turn yeah. a blind eye to all of the the rampant sin that this guy was promulgating to children yeah. gosh I can't understand people that like Andrew Tate I'll, I'll have to really put that can. to the side, but like, my point is, there, there's something, there's something good about the fact that we have collectively understood. People are starting to anyway understand that, like, actually, who you serve matters, and we're all going to be branded with like who we serve. Like this, this almost makes me think of Revelation, where it's like at some point people are going to be marked with the mark of the beast, they're going to be marked with the mark of Christ, and it's just, there's going to be no. There's gonna be no hiding what people believe anymore. Like it's just gonna be like on your forehead. It's gonna be in front of everybody. There's something actually really good about this. There's something good about people saying, you know what? Maybe this vague, you know, Christian-ish, like atheistic to its core libertarianism is actually stupid and wrong. So like the the actual polarization happening right now, as bad as that seems to most people, it it actually can be. It actually can be good because people are like, oh, I have to pick a camp. I have to pick who I serve. I have to show who I serve. I can't I can't just have this like wishy-washy in the middle. Nobody really understands who believes what thing anymore. Yeah. So you're gonna start to see them by their fruits. It like it's let, let, let me put it this way. Um why can't I think of his name? Actual ginger, long hair. JP, JP Oh, JP Sears. Sears. JP Sears. Yep. He said that he came to Christ. And, and is open about his faith now because it's never been more clear who serves what. Yeah. That, you want a white pill? There's your white pill. It's that nobody, nobody in the middle anymore doesn't understand or will, or soon will be able to like say, well, I don't know who serves what. I this side, you know, maybe they serve Baphomet. No, they, they openly serve Baphomet. They openly serve Ishtar. They're saying it on TikTok. Pride parades are 6,000-year-old Mesopotamian Ishtar worship. Confirm, yeah. right? Like this is, this is open... You can see it, it. It's exposed. It's all in the light now. Yeah. And then the people on this side who are like not killing children and not mutilating children and are not prostituting their girlfriends, they're serving, they're serving Yahweh. They're serving the God of the Bible. Yeah. So it's so clear and it's are drawn now, guys. So like, it, I think that's actually a good thing. One thing though, is that like, so like, I think there's a lot of people out here that you have people that either have too much time on their hands and then you have people who don't have enough time on their hands. So yeah. it's like, I can't always get caught up with these things because mm -hmm. I work way too much. I'm yeah. way too busy. So it's hard for me personally to be able to get caught up on all of these things, like who's serving what and who's doing what and what happened at this event and that event and connecting the dots and all of that stuff. Cause it's like, for me, I'm just like, I got a job to do guys. Like I got to yeah. go to work and actually make some money. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so it's like, it's super hard for someone like me. So like being able to then watch like you guys or other people talk about like, this is what happened here. These are all clear signs of this. Like this is demonic worship and they're serving this person or that person or what have you. It's so much easier rather than having to like look through everything myself and then just be like, that's not right. What is that? Well, that's 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 our job, right? As our job yeah. is to like boil these things down and present them to people in a way where it's like, look, if people knew the amount of research, Frida knows this. If people yeah. knew the amount of research that goes into a single episode of Conspiracy Pilled, and I'm not saying don't research this for yourself. I'm hoping I can give you guys like the resources to be like, here's here's what I think. 
if you trust me, here's, you know, cool. If you don't, whatever, go look into it for yourself. But like people have to have those people that they look to and they're like, okay, this person generally uh, believes what I believe. I feel like they're, they're trying to tell me the truth and I'm going to, you know, hopefully be able to rely to some extent on their coverage of the thing. And then if I have questions about it, I can research for myself. We can have conversations and uh, I try to be open with people where it's like, people are going to disagree with me. And I try to, you know, be to a point where we can have this back and forth. It happens in discord. It happens in other places, but like, yeah, I think that's our job, right. Is to like do 30 and 40 hours of research some yeah. weeks and be like, I here's, think here's I'd the like- bullet points and here's why I believe it. And here's your resources to go check into this for yourself. I think that that's an important job. So, but I like the way you guys do it though, is that you present all of the facts and your research and everything. And then kind of towards the end, you're just like, so we all know that this is like demonic worship, right? Like everybody's worshiping this person or what have you, or this Greek God or whatever you want to call it. Like whatever the episode's on pretty yeah. much or the sexy Palladians, you know, the sex, <laughs> the sexy, the sexy space, uh, space communists. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or uh, whatever it happens to be at the time. And that's what I really like though, is that like you, yeah. you guys put all the research together, you put a timeline together and then I'm just like, that's demonic. And then you guys are just like, so this is demonic worship. And we're like, oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, hopefully if we present it well enough, you know, we don't even have to say the thing, but we will say the thing. But it's like there's there's people who have an agenda and they'll hide things to make their point. Mm -hmm. And I just want to lay it all out. And then because I'm not afraid that I'm wrong. And if I am wrong, I want to be corrected. Right. And this is what I keep being shown over and over and over again is if I trust in Christ, if I if I make that my focal point, if I make that my center, I'm not afraid to do the research because the research is just just going to keep pointing me back to Christ. So some people will be like, oh, man, that looks bad for what I believe, you know, what I want to present or believe or whatever. And I'm just like, let's lay it on the table. And when the agenda is exposed, we'll see who's serving who. And, and what's going on. And it's just going to keep pointing us back to Christ. And I'm not afraid of that because I, I have the truth and I keep being shown the truth again and again and again. Yeah. Sometimes like shining a light in the dark places, you're like, oh, that thing is super demonic. Here, and oh, here's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it becomes apparent when you shine a light on it. But that's a biblical principle, right? Is like you shine a light in the dark places and, and the agendas are exposed and, and it just keeps pointing us back to that God is good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can even see like music videos and award shows. And they're they're not even hiding it anymore. Right. Yeah. They're, they're not hiding that they're worshiping demons and the devil or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, it's just so bad. See, see the, 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 the paradigm has changed for us. It's not like it was back in the 90s, even where it's like, here's, the, like, here's the secret occult symbol in the movie and the music video. Yeah. And if you know the history and, and I have to convince you. And now Who's it's just like the Beatles track on now, vinyl, but backwards and upside down. Yeah. Now, or you, now to, you like, just now you just have to convince to people that it's bad. Like that's a that's, minute and sec- you have to go to the video at this minute and second marker. You have to zoom all the way in. And if you look into those pixels, it's right there. It's not that anymore. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Like, and instead it's like the comments yeah, yeah. are like, Yes, she's serving Baphomet, but is that so bad? And it's oh. like, that's where the battle lines are right now. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yes, it's evil. Like these people kill yeah. children. But now you're talking to people who are like, yeah, well, sacrificing your children on an altar, maybe that's not a like people are literally doing and calling abortion child sacrifice to Baphomet. They're saying yeah. it openly. They're making videos about it. There's a video that came out a few years ago of a lady building an altar and putting her dead child's remains on an altar and praying to Baphomet over these things. They're That's not true. freaking hiding it. Yeah. It's like, and, yeah. and it, what's insane to me is like, there are people who are just so lost that they'll look at this 
they'll see the agenda exposed and they're just brainwashed. And they're just like, yeah, no, I mean, I guess, you know, hail Baphomet, you know? And it's just like, Oh God. This is why you can't, you can't get hung up. This is, this is my advice for Christians. You're not going to save everybody. You're not called to, um, and you can't get hung up on it. I feel like Ezekiel was a good example of this. And I feel like, because Ezekiel's job was go say the truth and then move on. Mm-hmm. Don't don't spend time, you know, arguing with these people. In 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 the Great Commission, it says if they reject you, shake the dust off your sandals, move on. And a lot of Christians get hung up on, oh, I I need to convince this person. It's my whole thing. It's like, how many people did you not convince by getting hung up on this person who is so who who's who's intentionally hardened their heart so much that they're Pharaoh, right? Like they have made the decision time and time and time again to harden their heart to God. Expose them, speak truth to them. And and I'm sorry, but like maybe you know, use your discernment. Your job is not to reach every single person. It's never going to happen. You're going to yeah. drive yourself nuts as a Christian. You're going to end up walking away from the faith by believing that this like the most vile, hard-hearted people are going to be changed if you're just good enough. It's just not true, and it's yeah. a hard pill to swallow for many people. But yep. use your discernment. Pray about it. Pray for these people. But like at some point, you have to move on and be like, I I I, I can't reach that person. And that's that's a humbling moment for a lot of Christians to realize you're not like some people you're you're not going to reach and that's not your calling and and what you can the best you can do at that point is make an example of them. This is a this is going back to the niceness kindness thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your job is actually to call these people out for being violent, evil, and wrong and make them look stupid and bad. Yeah, that that sounds unchristian in our modern concept. Sometimes your job is to humiliate and expose evil people. Like how all of the plagues were literally, um, like what each, like all of the Egyptian gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Moses wasn't like, well, if I can only change these sorcerers to to serve my god, and instead he's like, I'm going to humiliate you in front right. of a nation. I'm going to make you look bad. Sometimes that's our job, mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. for people. But sometimes you got to kind of be a, a an a hole in in the in the sense of like what people think that means anymore, and it's like. If that's what people are going to call you, so be it. But sometimes your, your job is actually just expose and laugh at and mock and ridicule evil. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I do. <laughs> this I really is why do. people say I'm a jerk, though, but it's like it's true, is it not? Like, no, I've yeah. Seen so I mean, many people walk away from the faith because it hung up on, like, I, if only I could save this one person. It's like, humble yourself and realize you can't. Well, put, it job. Into, put take that and put it into a different perspective of like online, okay? You make a post on Twitter. You're going to get people that are going to engage with your posts that are either that are going to agree. They may disagree, but have some kind of conversation back and forth that you guys can talk about. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to have the trolls in there that are just going to be like, well, yeah, well, you know, I don't like your blue shirt that you wore yesterday. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, just get out of here. You're a troll. Or you're a Western woman. woman I've seen people take those trolls and do a hundred comments back and forth and it goes nowhere. And yeah. what I think is like have the discernment to recognize when you actually need to retweet that and expose them for being stupid and move on. Yeah. 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 Like that's not always the wrong answer. Sometimes, yes, you are supposed to engage with people and be like, look, this person disagrees with me. I'm going to have a back and forth and maybe change their mind and maybe I won't. Maybe that will encourage somebody else. Sometimes your job, and this is all the discernment thing. I'm not telling you when that's, that's you know, a discernment yeah. between you and God. But sometimes your job is just to, to, to retweet it and laugh at them and say like, this is an evil person. Yeah, like there's a whole there's a Twitter page I follow. Their whole thing is to repost these um, pro-abortionist Satanist people and mm-hmm. and just like make fun of them. 
Nice. Because they should be ridiculed. These people who are like yeah. actually like making child sacrifice their entire like moral good. Those people are evil yeah. and vile and they're, they've hardened their hearts to a degree that you're probably just not going to reach them. And, and, and the best you can do is, is show other people that these people are bad and vile and evil. Like, so. oh, you want to shout your abortion? Okay, we're listening. Yeah, like the, the shout your abortion people. These are vile, yeah. evil people with hard hearts. And maybe someone's job is to reach them. It's not mine. And it's yeah. probably it's probably not yours, to be honest. So most of these people have just, they've decided, they have, they have chosen repeatedly to harden their hearts to God. Some of the hardest things you can do is change someone's opinion. You're not called to change everybody's opinion, though. That's right. That's there are some point. you can, and there's yeah, some you, you, you can, but you got to move on. Yeah, you can't just keep harping on that and just you get stuck to that. Yep. I'm sorry if I'm ranting too much, Frida. I know you got questions. I'll shut up. <laughs> no, it's all good. We've just been like going through them way more organically and naturally that I like wanted to make sure. Um, we probably have answered a couple of the ones yeah. we want to, so. It's not like we just like completely avoided all questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just guidelines, anyways. But, um, it's like what, the pirate code. They're just guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, what gives you hope or optimism about the future of conservatism and its potential positive impact on our society? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't, I personally don't know if it's just that, like, I've been getting more on that side of Twitter or not, mm. but I feel like I'm seeing more and more of it online ever since pretty much Elon bought it out. Um, I've been seeing more and more conservatism and more people that are just speaking out and calling out the, the evils of the world and like the leftists or whatever, you know, and I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's just that I've gone on more that side of Twitter of things, but I've been seeing it more personally on, social, on like social media. I tend to be on that side of things. Yeah. If I had to say what gives me hope, it's the fact that me and Abby have done everything wrong and it's working. Uh, and when I say that, I mean like, you know, you're, you're supposed to hide your beliefs in this way. And you're supposed to talk about things in this way. And you're supposed to agree with these people on this things if you're in this community and that community. And I feel like we've just decided to not do any of those things like very intentionally yeah. to like not be like, well, maybe you believe this, maybe you believe that it's like, no, this is what we believe. Here's why. And I think you should too. And uh, I, I feel like th there's a lot of those things where I've just seen that there is an actual hunger for biblical truth. There's an actual hunger for moral righteousness. Uh, there's an actual hunger in people for, uh, for God. There's a God shaped hole that people are trying to fill. And yeah. The, the world is dark and evil. And again, just going back to what I was saying earlier, um, there are people who have been sitting on the fence in the middle and now they're looking going like, wow, that side is really vile. That side is yeah. really awful. Um, Sometimes just opening people's eyes to it yeah. can really make a huge impact on things. And I think that we are part of the, and I don't want to sound kooky about this, but like, I think we are in a, an awakening stage in our society where people are waking up and they're picking sides. You instead can't, you the, can't not see it at the, like, right. yeah. and it, instead of like forever, I felt like people were just riding the fence. They were just like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm just kind of, well, we grew up in the, doing what I want to do. We, we grew up in the generation of don't talk politics and religion at dinner. Yeah. Um, and again, that was never in my family. So like, I didn't right. have that problem. I but, grew up uh, with that. I grew up with we didn't talk about politics because Jehovah's Witnesses are no part of this world and therefore we don't vote for any candidates kind of 
Yeah, and you know, yeah. you know, now um, we've talked about this. That's like a whole Gnostic BS yeah. heresy. It's just not not true. Well, um, that's what cults do, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, <laughs> that's why I'm kind of coming into this with where like you guys are like much more well versed in certain things. I mean, just in general, but also because I didn't have that twenty right. something years to get versed yeah. in it. I mean, I've been following politics since pretty much Obama's second term, and I was just like, how did he get reelected? Well, when counties vote for you with more people and uh, right. more votes than I was people, like, this doesn't make any sense. Let but me, I don't. I kind of got to start paying attention, and I started paying more attention. I, I do want to say something about that, though. Like, as much as I think elections are, are like rigged and stuff like that, I think that this is also the problem that that uh, conservatives have had, where they're like, "We're the we're the silent majority." And I'm like, no, you're not. Uh, you're just it's not true. Like, can we just be honest for a second and be like, you're not the silent majority. Actual conservatives are the minority. They just are. And again, yeah. like this is why people want the big tent thing. And it's like, no, you can convince people to vote for your candidate, right? It, like politics are important. I agree. But like stop watering down your message to like have the bigger tent. Uh, show people that your that your view on the world is correct and good and right for the reasons that it is um, instead of like watering it down. But like also understand that like actual conservative Christians who who are uh, are not just like, well, abortion's good if it wins me elections. You're not the you're not the majority. You never were. The world will hate you because it hated God first, because it hated Christ first. Mm-hmm. That is your role in the world. Uh suffering is gonna be a part of it. Ostrich ostrich oh wow, gosh. Ostrich ostrichism. I got your friend. Ostracization. I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you're meaning. Yeah, it's we're part of hard. <laughs> guys. Uh, I need sleep. Um, it's, part, it's, it's, it's going to be a thing is my point. Like people are going to cast you out. They're going to separate you out. Um, as we go into the end, there's going to be a winnowing. I think that's the other thing that people have to realize is like, there is going to be a winnowing of people who vaguely agree with you, who are going to fall off. They're going to go follow people like Sneeko. They're going to go follow people like Andrew Tate. They're going to choose the strong Islam man over, over the, uh, actual suffering for truth. Um, because they can get, you know, women and money and things like that. And they'll, they'll be deceived and, and tempted into those things. So stop believing that you can be the silent majority. Stop being, you know, oh, other people will speak for me. You know, I, I can be quiet and silent and, and yeah. you know, use my uh, fake handle on Twitter to like say things once in a while, but never stand up to people at my job or in my life or talk politics over dinner. You just, you got to stop doing that, guys. You actually have to believe what you believe, be yeah. bold in it say it and 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 here's the other part guys here's what no one else wants to tell you there will be consequences for your for for it expect it expect it and deal with it i'm I'm just so sick of people saying well oh i can't say that because i this bad thing would happen to me yes yes it will and other people like oh you know what no it will bad things will happen to you for being honest for saying the truth for standing for christ that's your role we have to stop watering it down and being like, well, maybe, maybe this and that. No, you're called to to, to suffer. Yeah. And I think a lot of Deal people who are, are afraid of like, not so much like a kind of a cancel culture type of situation as well, especially if it's online and then cameras are everywhere. People have phones, like they're yeah. going to record if you're trying to talk to people about God or conservatism or anything like that. And they're going to put you on social media and you're going to get retweeted and shared and, then eventually it's like, oh, this person needs to get fired from their job. How many times have we seen people who are trying to like do something then get fired from their job? Yeah. Because of something that someone else posted on a social media website. 
Like it's been happened so many times in the last like what five years or so, where it's like this person actually lost their job over this. It's like the moral thing might actually be to lose your job. Like that's the thing that nobody wants to tell you, right? Is like it's gonna get like I don't want to sound black pilled, but this is a necessary important thing. Is like you have to find joy in suffering. You have to understand like people are lying to you and it's like we're the silent majority we're going to win in the end Q- QAnon, you know they're actually arresting all the pedophiles and things are great and wonderful behind the scenes while you do nothing is horse sorry i'm trying not to swear it's wrong you're 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 being lulled into a false sense of security and i'm not saying to be to despair over it i'm saying be joyous in your suffering understand that it is coming and that it's worth it and that there are rewards in heaven for you who suffer for for christ's name and to just learn to actually be joyous in that i think that's the thing that nobody wants to say is like yeah. they want to give you a false hope in this world and the, the hope doesn't lie in this world it, it lies in the next and you know i, I just I, i'm so sick of people with this whole silent majority like continue to shut up because someone else is fighting the battles for you. It's just gross and wrong. And I feel like that's why it's dying in a lot of, in a lot of other things are taking over. It's like the trans community is so loud, for instance. Okay. And it feels like it's everywhere, but it's not, it's like, I think less than 1% of U S population or something like that. It's a very small number of the population is actually a part of that. But their voices are so loud and being echoed everywhere that it's just putting everything else to the side. Whereas like conservatism hasn't been. It's just been kind of like, oh, well, we're just going to, like you said, we're just going to be the silent majority. We're just going to sit here and stay quiet. Like, well, what good is yeah. a silent majority? Like that's the yeah, thing that pisses me off. I don't think you're the majority. But if you are, then you should be able to be like, if the squeaky wheel gets the grease, then get squeaky. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. It's so exactly. annoying. They're, they're like, oh, yeah. oh, the trans community is one percent. We're like fifty-five percent, and Trump won by seventy million votes. Then, then speak up. If you yeah. are the yeah. majority, then freaking change your profile picture to your actual face. Use yeah. your name. Speak to people at your work. Speak to people in your family. Stop hiding. If you're the majority, then this is an easy win. Be yeah. loud about it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's why I got to. Like, using my last name on things and stuff like that. Because I'm like, no, I'm tired of just being, like, Frida from some random little place. And sure, I was doing part of that for, like, my own family security and safety and stuff, but... No, but, like, I, mean, I, I applaud yeah, you for this, Frida, like, because this is this is the, this has been my message to my followers for four years now. Four years ago online, I went by Dirty Mike. It was some stupid name <laughs> reference oh to a movie, right? People thought my name was Mike for a long time. I have a, I have a, one of my closest friends is like, I still struggle to not call you Mike because I learned about you through Twitch and that was your name, right? And I was like, at a certain point, I got enough messages from people that were like, hey, I think that you're a Christian. I think that you're conservative. I can tell. And I am too. And I don't know how to speak about this. I, I feel like scared to say my real name. I feel scared to talk about my real politics and my faith. And I got enough messages that I was convicted. I was called out by my own followers to to stop hiding who I was. And I said, you know what? You guys are right. I'm going to change my social media names to PJ Williams. I'm going to speak very openly about my faith. I'm going to speak very openly about my politics. And I'm not going to be ashamed of it anymore. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Unfortunately, a lot of people didn't follow along. Um, yeah. But no, but I, I feel I feel the same message. I feel like the point is that if we can't do it, then why should we expect anybody else to? We have to lead by yeah. example. We have to lead from the front. So 
I, I truly believe like we have to have these conversations openly in public, not just on the internet, but within our homes, within our what communities, whatever. Yeah. And I, I don't want to tell people to do anything that I wouldn't do. So like, that's my point is like, I'm going to be very open about my faith. I'm going to be very open about who I am and what I believe. And if we all did this, we live in a better world, uh, exactly. but we can't do it until, until somebody does. Somebody has to say, I'm Spartacus first. You know what I'm saying? I hate using yeah. that example because Corey Booker no, ruined true. it, uh, and but it's when, true, right? Yeah. And like when people show you who they are, you have to believe them, even when that's the unpopular thing. Yeah. We had this big friend group and there was this one kid that was always there. He was always like, oh, well, if you like the friend group, you have to put up with a little bit of poison. And he would just constantly make like rape jokes and stuff that were just like, it was just past the pale. Just like, he wouldn't even like, it started there and then it went to like, oh, guess what I did this weekend? the punchline of my joke. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, you have to not be afraid to, like, stop hanging out with people that aren't good for you, that yes. aren't, you know, helping I, you get closer to Jesus. Can I give some more advice to Christians really quick on that point? Yes, please, I um, need it. Because I'm ranting a lot, guys. Uh, I'm here for it. You, what I've heard my whole life is Christ hung out with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes, and people have taken that as a green light to make their inner circle tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners. It's not true. So like I've talked very openly about how I feel like I'm supposed to go into the dark places and speak to people who uh, vehemently disagree with me right now. Uh, the community I'm speaking to the most is new age Gnostics. And I think they're very wrong. My close inner circle are not new age Gnostics. They are not <laughs> prostitutes. This is, yeah, it's so frustrating. It's like, oh, I my best friends and all the people I spend all my time with can be degenerates, but I'm I'm reaching them. No, you're not. You're you're just deluding yourself into being more like them. Yeah. You're not mm -hmm. encouraging them to be more like you. So make your inner circle. People are going to hold you accountable. People are strong in their faith. Uh, I'm not saying don't hang out with the the other people and and reach them. But if your inner circle of those people, you're failing. You will you will never reach those people. You will just delude yourself to be more like them. So. That's a distinction that like, let me put it this way. Jesus hung out with 12 disciples. Those 12 disciples were like people who wanted the, wanted the same goals as Christ. And he brought them along, right? Like he was the leader of it. I'm not saying he wasn't better than his disciples and they were equal. What I'm saying is his inner circle were not the prostitutes and the tax collectors and things like that. There were people who were moving towards, towards God, right? Like they were. Exactly. Exactly. He went to <sighs> the the prostitutes and the tax collectors with or the 12 disciples around him to right? try and yes. talk to them about him. Yes. Just because you meet people where you're at doesn't mean you get the green light to become where they're at. That's my point, right? It's like, yeah. you actually should have people around you who are better than you. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a thing. It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's a, if you're a Christian or an MMA fighter or a skateboarder or whatever, you want to spend your time around people who are better than you to encourage you to be better. I, I, yeah, iron sharpens yeah. iron to use a overused phrase, but like yeah. you absolutely should want to be around people who are better than you or people who are going to encourage you to be better instead of like excusing, you know, well, Jesus hung out with prostitutes. It's like, yeah, you should reach those people, but like, that's not your inner circle. And it, ne it never was supposed to be. No. And that will get you having those kinds of people in your inner circle as somebody who's had those kind of people in my inner circle before will get you nothing but really bad stories you don't want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, depending on how close you are, you know, maybe something you need to go to the doctors about. <laughs> 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 but yeah.
I think this has been a really, really important episode. Yeah. And thank you for coming on and hanging out and having this conversation. Yeah. Thank you for having me and letting me rant and make this episode twice as long as you probably planned. Uh, I mean, no, whenever wonderful. we, whenever she does an episode, she's like, it could be an hour. It could be two. It just depends on how well everything's going. Yep. That's all. If the flow is there, the show is there. Yeah. Hey, I like that phrase. I never heard that before. That's because I just made it up 0.3 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. But thank you so much for coming on. Um, everybody, thank you for being here. It was so great seeing y'all in chat. Um, make sure you hit like, subscribe, because we have w other awesome stuff coming down the way. And if you could go ahead and also leave a comment, that would be super, super helpful. What are you doing next week? Next week, I am having on a guest who is a Seventh-day Adventist, and he's going to tell us what is the whole Seventh-day thing about. He's going to let us know which day it is. it is. Is it a Saturday? Is it a Sunday? I don't know. If you're there, you'll find out, which is why you should subscribe. All right. Thanks for having me on, Frida. Of course. If you could pray us out, then we can hit the road. Okay. Well, so, uh, dear Lord, thank you so much for letting us be here. Thank you for uh, this gathering. Um, just pray... Again, I just want to thank you for Frida and Kyle and what a blessing they've been uh, in my life. And I just thank you for the community, um, the wonderful people that we've been able to, to gather together to, to strengthen each other. And I just uh, pray that as we go into this week, Lord, that you strengthen us, that uh, you convict us and remind us of who we're supposed to be, Lord, and that every day that we seek to, to be more like you. And um, just pray that uh, if we had anything good to say in the last two hours of my incoherent uh rambling and nonsense uh that it, you would uh plant those seeds in someone's heart and that it would grow um and again that we could just be vessels for you and for your word and we just thank you and praise you lord in jesus name amen. amen amen i hope everybody has a wonderful wonderful evening stay based and stay blessed see you guys Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, kindly do me a favor and leave me a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. My podcast is available wherever you can listen, and it's also available live on Rumble on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern. I hope you can join us in whatever format works best for you. Please tell somebody that you care about about this episode so that I can spread my work and encourage more people. And remember, stay based and stay blessed.